Hello and welcome to the Bay Podcast. My name is Andrew, your host. I am joined today by two usual faces and one new face. Help us conclude the discussion on the cross. We don't have our co-host today, but we have with us Kateole. And we are joined by Inonge. You will remember the voice from last week. And Mianda. Well, welcome, ladies. I'm excited for this one because I want us to bring the topic we, we started last week down to a few basics, uh, down to what is personal. There was something that, or there were things that came up as we were talking last week that I'd want us to zero in. I think it was Mianda who was saying the man who was on the cross. I want to talk a little more about that, but I want to mention a bias that we're starting from all of us. And I want to believe that it's all of us. And the bias is that we are all created by God and that we are loved by God. Not all as in just believing people, but like every person on earth is created by God. And I want to imagine that that's a view that everyone on the podcast holds and created not just by God, but by a loving God. To kick it off, I will first of all invite Inonge. I want you to come on and talk about perhaps a time when your view of the cross influenced a decision you made at some point in your life. Are you able to share something like that with us today? Hi, Andrew. I would say my view of the cross has influenced decisions, well, a lot of decisions in my life. One of them would be that I'm not afraid to pray for anything because like God gave everything for me. So first of all, if you did that for me, what more can you do for me? So I've also asked him to allow me to be, to show Christ to others, like maybe those who haven't had an opportunity maybe to meet him, that they may meet him through some of the experiences they may have with me. One example I can give, since we're going to get personal, is a time when I I was, I don't think I was praying for anything particular, but I think God just wanted to let me know that, hey, I was thinking about you, right? I, I had gone to visit a friend and then I had come back home. And when immediately I reached home, I had a craving for popico that that popico popcorn and it was so strange that i would crave it and this was something that never even crossed my mind so i was like do i have money to go and buy popcorn i said fine let me just go and buy popcorn so i moved from home to go to shop right and it's near home and all the time i was like am i really going out to buy popico like am i really going out to buy this this thing that i've just wanted now and I think something happened in ShopRite that even delayed me. And I was like, okay, but why am I even doing this? Is there a reason? So on my way back from there, on my way back home, I came across this man who was asking me, I think he was coming from the hospital and he was asking me for help. He was asking for anything that, that I could give him. And I'm like, I don't know if there's anything I can give you, but anyway, let's go home together. Let's go and see what I can do. So I come back home and I ask the people I stay with if they have any extra food, anything they would like to give. And I wasn't even expecting anything to come out of it. So I go around and collect a few things and everything. And by the time I'm walking out of the house, I have two full plastic bags of groceries and I hand them over to him. I'm like, here you go. You know, like, God bless you. Have a good day wherever you're going. And then at that time I paused and I was like, that was so strange 
that at that particular time, I met someone who needed help and I helped them. And I think I just remember saying a prayer like, Lord, thank you for using me in that way and use me in that way again. And it was just a way of God saying, I was thinking of you, you were supposed to meet that man or the man was supposed to meet you. That's why you had that craving. And from that time, it's always something that has stayed on my mind for a, for a while. And it's now I, sometimes I ask God to bring me people who I can help and he does it. So I think the cross has influenced the way I see people who come to me for help in that God came down to rescue me. And through that, I am able to extend the grace that he showed me to others. And just small, small incidences like that remind me that God was thinking about me at that time. So that's an example I can give in my life of the practical time when I've seen the cross in my day-to-day experience. Yes, that is uh, what I would say. So, um, Kateole, I would like to hear from you, Ned. So last week, something that I think it was me, and I'm, I'm very convinced it was me, and correct me if I'm wrong, who said the man on the cross or the man who died on the cross was thinking of you. Obviously, we know this man did not, like, did not stay in the grave. We have evidence in scripture and in history that shows that the man who died on the cross actually was not found in his tomb, and we believe he rose. So how has the view or your view of the cross uh, influenced a decision or your response in, to some event in your life, Katele? I'll start with a small story, but basically what I'm going to be talking about just points to the fact that for me, when I realized that God cares about me as an individual in terms of when I realized that the cross is not a group assignment, it's actually an individual affair between me and God was the time that my mind was opened up into viewing the cross as something that's relatable to me as Kateole and not just what others have put out there. So I'll give an example of, there are times in my, not a specific example, but just times when I thought growing, growing up in the church and growing up in a Christian family and, you know, surrounded with Christianity, I didn't really have like a quantum leap, you know, t- towards my my belief in God or my view of the cross where I had like a big testimony and I'm putting that in quotes. I didn't have a big testimony and I always used to admire people who gave testimonies in church about how they had been saved and how they had met God and how what the cross meant to them. And I couldn't relate. So for a long time, I doubted my own salvation because I didn't have a story to tell. And I would always pray about it and be like, God, how come I don't have a big story to tell like the rest of this? Does it mean I don't have faith enough or I haven't believed in you enough or what I thought was my Christian walk has actually been in vain because I don't have a big story to tell. But then I also realized that in all of this, I was also exhibiting some kind of self-righteousness because what I thought were big stories of people who trust testimonies about, for example, how God had delivered them from what I considered big sins like, you know, alcoholism, fornication and whatnot. I ended up ignoring my own, in quotes again, small sins, you know. So because of that, I lived a life of self-righteousness where I didn't recognize my own shortcomings because I was always thinking to myself, as long as I'm not, you know, I'm not there being an alcoholic, I'm not doing any of those big sins, I'm okay with Christ. But then in doing that, I ended up ignoring the negative traits that I had, the sins that I had, 
in my own life where I didn't even think those were sins, but because we're socialized to think that the things that are public sins are the ones that God delivers people from. I, I ignored those for a very long time. So the time that I realized that even my so-called small sins, God actually died for those as well, was the time I think my mind opened up because the things that I was struggling with as a Christian, you know, you struggle with you know, self-righteousness, you struggle with judging, you, st- you struggle with envy, you struggle with negative thoughts or sinful thoughts that nobody will know about, but those are your own struggles. And the, and the time that I realized that those are also part of the sins that God died, died for when he came on the cross was the time that my mind, my mind was actually opened up. And when I began to pray about it, I, obviously I didn't see like a big change right away. But then maybe like a few months, a few years later, I would look back and be like, oh, that negative thing that used to affect my life, that negative trait that I, that I used to have, is no longer there. I think, you know, then I realized God actually worked on that. And that's the time that I came to the conclusion that the cross is actually not a group assignment. It's an individual affair. And Christ came to meet us at our points of need, no matter how small you think your sin is. To Christ, the sin is a sin. So God will come for you. What my struggles are are not what Inonga's struggles are, are not what Smeanda struggles are. But then God died, uh, Jesus died for all of those sins when he died on the cross. And it's up to us to now meet him at that individual point. It's between you and Jesus. So what others might view as their testimony might be different from what I think is my testimony. So the time that, in short, the time that I realized that the cross was an individual affair between me and Jesus was was a turning point for me. I am enjoying the tweetable tweets that we are having on this uh, podcast today that the cross is not, the cross and salvation are not a group project because group projects can be very frustrating, especially when other people are not pitching in, uh, but that it's an individual affair. Meander. I would love to hear what your experience has been if you've got an event in your life that was influenced by the way you view the cross or what the cross means to you. Thank you, Andrew. It's good to be back this week. So <laughs> last week, I mentioned to say that I, I was one of those Christians who was waiting for God to reveal himself to me in this very big and glamorous way. But then he's taken his time in dealing with me and showing up in ways that were unexpected or ways that may seem small. So just to be brief and clear, I'm a student I feel that most of my answers are going to come from that perspective because I want to be as practical as possible. Of course, there are other aspects of my life where things have happened and how I have viewed the cross and what it means to me has affected the way I responded to that event. But I'm going to go with my student stories because I feel that at least 90% of the listeners should be able to relate and maybe pick something from them. So I have never really struggled with anxiety until I think university. And I, I, didn't, I didn't understand like when people would talk about anxiety or panic attacks and all of that stuff. So what happened in my first year of university... It was, I found school very hard. It just seemed like I wasn't smart enough. 
and all of that. And somehow I made it, of course, through prayer, but I still didn't understand. I still didn't have the understanding of God then that I do now. And so last year, most recently, in my third year, it was one of the most chaotic years of my academic life because we had been on quarantine and we weren't having physical classes. And so by the time exams were approaching, I was all over the place. I couldn't sleep. And everybody who knows me knows that I value sleep. I'm the type of person who's going to sleep eight hours in a day, no matter what. But this time around... I would sleep like maybe for an hour max within a 48-hour period. And it was really affecting me. And I felt that I could pray about it. I mean, I knew that I could pray about it, but I was just like, honestly, at this point, is there is there even anything that God can do for me? Because, you know, like we, in as much as God helps us and meets us, we're supposed to put in our own strength. And so I was very close to giving up you know I was just I was tired I was exhausted and I just felt that God wasn't giving me a sign to say that it's okay but then like I mentioned last week when you go to the cross no matter how bad you're feeling or the doubts that you have when you go to the cross and you conversate with Jesus something just something changes like the situation around you might not change you know like it's not like my exams were postponed or cancelled like that situation was still there but when I decided to go and pray about it you know I just like I understood that it's not me versus these exams you know like I'm not alone I've got a friend who understands where I'm coming from, who has seen me struggle with some of these courses. And even while I'm panicking about this now, like the friend who I'm from talking to knows already what's going to happen a year from now. And if he can become about it, then I'm going to become about it. So I just borrowed a bit of Jesus's kindness. I mean, calmness from the cross and, you know, I was relaxed. I wrote those exams. And last year I recorded the best results that I have so far in my university career. So I think it it was it would have been so easy for me to just not pray about it because I felt that, you know, I was at a point where I thought that what even if I pray, like nothing is going to change. Like these difficult lecturers will still bring difficult papers. But then when I thought about Jesus and the fact that I can let him into any part of my life in that the cross crosses all aspects of my life, my spiritual, my social, my academic, when I, with that understanding, it just it made life easier for me. And my response was the complete opposite of what it would have been had I not understood that. I have a friend who cares about this. So in short, I would pick that event because it's the one that's most vivid in my mind and most recent in how conversating with Jesus and being at the cross has helped me respond to a difficult event in my life. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. As you were speaking, I was thinking to myself, how has my understanding of what the cross means impacted or influenced a decision or my, a response I had 
And I was thinking to myself uh, to... Last week, I think I mentioned that part of the things I do is facilitate therapy. And one of the things that drew me to that field of practice is the fact that I am a fellow struggler in the same area and I bring to it understanding. So talk about struggles with anxiety, with depression and even suicidal thoughts. And I'm remembering one particular time. So I've come to many nights when it was the hardest and I thought I was not going to get through and I'm not one to, to check out with a note and leave people an explanation as to why I've gone. So I've come to that night many times before. But this time it was in the day and very recently. And it was a very, very hard, dark day. And it was, believe it or not, it was my reflection on the cross and what God has done for me on the cross that got me through that day. I kept on saying, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay because it's, it's already done. And that's what got me through, through that, that period. Now, the verse we were using, we were using, we, we, we quoted it last week, talked about the cross being foolishness to people who are perishing, right? And I'm wondering if you have had an experience with someone for whom the cross was foolishness and they expressed it to you respectfully, if you're able to share with us what, what, what that was like hearing how the cross is foolishness to somebody. Let's let's start with Inonge, perhaps. I see the expression as the cross being foolishness to others in our how people understand it. And when you look at the cross, it requires you to respond in a certain way. There's God who died for you, and in response, you'd want to obey him because he says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. So earlier this year, I was in a fix and I had to, I had to really think about the direction I would take in what I would do. It was regarding Sabbath classes. The lecturer had required us to go to school on Sabbath. And well, I believe in the seven day Sabbath. So I had to make a decision of whether or not I should go or like I go for the Sabbath classes or I I keep the Sabbath. And the first time I missed, he gave a quiz. And this quiz was going towards our CA. So for me, it was, I was like, okay, I missed the quiz. I asked for a makeup. He said no. And I go back like, Lord, like I'm doing, like this is, like you did this for for me, right? Like you died for me. Can you at least let him give me a makeup test or let him give me something? And my classmates were even telling me, why don't you just come? Like, why don't you just come? It's, it's, it's just one day. He's going to fill all of us. He's going to fill all of us. And I said, you guys, like, I can't really change anything now. Like, I can't really change anything. So it happened again. And he gave another quiz and I missed it. And I'm like, ish, God. Like, oh, like, you brought me through school, like, all this way. And you want to leave me here, right? Like, you want, you want, you want it to end here. And I missed the quizzes that were there. And this story is still being written, by the way, because <laughs> I haven't yet crossed over. But for me, that was a point when I saw I did look, I did look foolish, right? In not attending those classes. But it did strengthen my faith that I had in God of I had a certain peace 
when I didn't go because, you know, the clear conscience and everything. I had a certain peace when I didn't go for those classes. And for me, that's what I would say was the foolishness. And how I responded to that was I had to pray. Like, I really had to say, you know, God, this is this is you and this is like this is on you and this is all for you. It's got nothing to do with me and it's got everything to do with you. So I think reminding ourselves that most of the time the cross is not really about us, but it's about God as well and how we respond to that love that we have. And it also requires us to give up a lot and to surrender ourselves to his will completely. And that takes that takes a lot. It's not easy for you to want to give up some things that may make you look foolish, I would say. But it's something that is required when we come to the cross. So that's how I would say I responded to it. So, and that was the foolishness I saw. Another example, can I give another example? Is not studying on Friday evening. My school was getting hard and people tell stories. Oh, I had this girl, my roommate. She was FDA like you. But when things got hard, she used to study on Sabbath. You see one day, you just have to study on Sabbath. And for me, I'm like, ish, God, is it going to get to a point where I have to study on Sabbath? And that was that was another point where I know that, okay, this may look like it's, it's foolishness to those that may not see me. But in the end, it does play out. And sometimes people do come to the realization that there's something about what the foolishness looks like. There's something in it. And it may get them to start questioning in their minds and asking themselves, so why do you do this like this? It doesn't make sense for you to do this this way. And that is a window that I've used before and that can be used to explain to people why I do certain things and what the cross actually means. Thank you, Inongi. A lot of things are running through my head as you are speaking, and I'm just wishing this was like a two-hour podcast. Kateole. How about you? So the verse we were quoting is 1 Corinthians 1, 18. That says, and I'm paraphrasing, that the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but for those who are saved, it is the power of God. Have you had an experience where the message of the cross was foolishness before somebody? Okay, so I was thinking long and hard about this question and nothing comes to mind in my immediate circle because in terms of how uh, people relate to the cross as in Jesus dying on the cross for our sins, I don't, I haven't really had a personal encounter with somebody who actually said the the message of the cross was foolishness. But then obviously I've come across people, whether via media or via what I read out there, lots and lots of people, atheists, or even like fellow Christians who viewed the cross as foolishness. And mostly because I noticed it's the frustration of the state of the world right now, or even just in the recent past where Everything is just out of control because the world is such a sinful, sinful place and things get, keep getting worse as we go on. And people question, especially as the faith dwindles or even just atheists question why God allowed sin in the first place. So now the, the question is, why, why do Christians idolize this cross so much when God could have just, when God could have avoided this in the first place by dealing with the problem in the beginning? He could have dealt with the problem by just getting rid of the devil. As soon as the devil sinned, he could have gotten rid of him and would have never needed the cross. 
in the first place. People would, wouldn't have died. People wouldn't have gotten lost. There would be no hell where people have to choose whether they want to go to heaven or go to hell. So many millions of people would be lost because of this one thing where God allows this to go on and then in promise of a cross in the future ways he's like i'm going to come and save you believe if you want to be saved save believe in me if you don't believe in me then you're lost that's so unnecessary why didn't god just get rid of the devil in the first place and you know most of the times because i'm still growing in my christian journey i, I would be lying if i said i had some eloquent answer that i would think about like that i would give a person like that because even i even I thought at some point that the message of the cross didn't make sense. I would admit this. But now, obviously, I'm growing in the faith. But at some point, I also thought, hmm, was this really necessary for, for us to get to that point where the cross is even needed? Why couldn't why didn't God just come up with another way that was less gruesome and that sounded? Because to someone who doesn't believe in Christ, the message of the cross really, really sounds ridiculous. And I've always tried to put myself in their shoes. Because growing up in a Christian home and growing up in this environment where everybody is Christian, every, everybody believes what you believe, it's very easy for us to find the cross as just one of those messages that we've grown up with. It sounds very normal to us, you know, very easy to understand and things like that. But to somebody who's not grown up in that environment, it really, really sounds ridiculous. And how would you explain that to them? But then for me, what I've come to understand over the years is I think the cross for most people who've encountered it, and even those that have that have moved from being unbelievers to believers, one thing that they would tell you attracted them to, you know, opening up and, you know, trying to understand what the cross really means is by observing what the cross has done for others, those, those have genuinely believed in it. And part of what's they've observed is the peace that comes with it that they notice in true believers who who walk this, you know, this Christian walk, where there's, they notice this peace, you know, that because the Bible says, there's a saying that that goes, the peace that passes, surpasses all understanding. It's something that cannot really be explained eloquently. At least I can't explain it eloquently. But when I see how Christ has worked in other people's lives, it stops being a ridiculous story and it starts being you know, something that can be applied to my own life just by observing the peace that comes with it when other people experience it. So that that, that has been my experience on that. Thank you. The story that I was sharing earlier of my my own experience sounds sounds like foolishness to somebody who does not believe. Because what ended up happening was that as I was as I was in that space some random person that I don't open up to, somebody that I'm not very close to, messages me and says, hey, Andrew, are you okay? Would you like to talk? I have no way of explaining that. There's, there's no, like, if you ask me now to explain it, I can't. Following that inquiry, I had two other people text me to, to find out if I was okay. Obviously, I didn't tell any of them. I, I ended up messaging my therapist a friend and and and, and saying well, I just basically laid it out, and by the end of the day, it was a much better day, as in a much better space, and and that was a good day. But I would love to hear now from you, Mianda, what your experience has been in terms of the cross being foolishness. Have you ever encountered somebody calling the the message of the cross foolishness, perhaps? say that the message of the cross is foolishness and I guess maybe that's because of 
Adventists. So we've had the same beliefs for most of the part. But what I will say is that I have experienced the message of the cross being foolishness to somebody. And I'm going to put myself in, in this equation because the Bible verse that we're reading says the, mes- the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Now we need to look at what is the message of the cross. So last week we looked at what the cross meant to each one of us. And we, I think the basic understanding was that it's a place where we are all accepted and we are all loved. Now, in as much as that's what the cross is for, it's also a place that requires us to change certain things of ourselves. That's the message of the cross. It says, come or welcome, but you can't live the same. You know, Jesus will not allow you to live the same because that defeats the whole purpose of salvation. So when the verse says that it's foolishness to those who are perishing, I think when we look at that word perishing, we can see it's basically people who have made the decision or made the choice to just not be saved. And the Bible uses the word perishing. And when we think of perishing, we think that these people must be suffering. But when you look at it and, you, and when you look at life, people who are actually ignoring the message of the cross seem to be those who are kind of thriving you know life seems to be good it's party time all the time you know they're having the time of their lives when you when you look at it from a distance and so I'm going to put myself in this situation because there was a time in my life when I understood the message of the cross but I wasn't ready for it to 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 mean salvation to me. I was still perishing because I had still decided that I wasn't ready to let God change certain parts of me that I seemed to be enjoying. And so when you look at it like that, you can kind of see that almost each Christian has had a point in their lives when the message of the cross was foolishness to them. And it only stops being foolishness when you decide to let the message change you. Because then we have the second part of the verse that says that, but to us who are saved, it is the power of God. And when we look at the power of God, we see that power to sanctify, to change us and to make us into new beings. So for the experience of somebody who saw the the cross as foolishness, I'm definitely going to insert myself there because there has been a point in my life when I wasn't ready to receive that message. And because I wasn't ready to receive the message, you know, it just seemed, it didn't seem very smart to me. It seemed like it was just far-fetched and out of this world and just very demanding. But then I got to a point when... You know, I was ready for it to work on me and to work in my life. And that's when it became the power of God and to salvation to me personally. Wow. You've brought me to a point that I want to hear from Inonge on. A lot of the things in life depend on faith. A lot of things depend on us believing in something. And Meander has just brought out an idea that whatever was happening was whatever was going on in her life had was happening because the the message of the cross was changing her how can one person put their faith in the man on the cross for this message of the cross to begin 
to bring changes in them? And is this instant change? How long would one have to wait to see the change? What are your thoughts? Inonge, and then I want to hear from, from Katele after that. Okay. The faith when you actually come to the cross is not in how I would say it is that it's not instant because we will, there's a verse, I want to read this verse, Philippians 3 verse 12 to 14. And it says, not that I have already attained or I am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have, to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So it's a slow, or it's a, it's a progressive experience. It's a progressive walk and a progressive journey. Faith, as Hebrew tells us, is that it's the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So it's not that you can't see it, but it's substance. Substance is something that you should be able to hold or something. And as Mianda has said, you will look back and see change in your life. And that is the actual substance of the faith. So how you would do it or how one would go about it is seek first God's kingdom, as Matthew 6, verse 33 tells us. Try to actively seek him in your day-to-day -day activities. Just say a prayer, read a Bible verse, and day by day, you'll be seeing, like, you know how the sun rises, it's slowly, and then noon, it's at the peak, and then it sets. You'll be seeing rays of sunshine through Christ come into your life, like slowly by slowly. And day by day, you'll be able to grow and let, and you just see your life is changing. So that's the faith, I would say, to seek God's kingdom first. And little by little, the spirit will, will guide you into all things, as he told us in John, that he's left us the Holy Spirit who is going to guide us in all truth. So we are not alone in this world, even though, Christ died and has risen and is now in heaven. He's left us with the Holy Spirit to help us. And when we come to the cross, we shouldn't beat ourselves down that there are some things that maybe there's something that you wanted to let go and you're still hanging on to it because it's we're going to press towards the goal of the prize of the upward core. It's not that we have already reached, but it's a slow pro it's a slow process or it's a daily walk, as we've said. And it requires faith, but faith in your life is going to show. It's going to, there's going to be a fruit of, of the faith that you have. And that's going to be the substance that you'll be able to prove. And there's going to be the evidence of the things that you haven't seen. And you look back and see the faith that you had. So that's how we can place the faith in the man who died on the cross. Just seek his kingdom first and call upon the Holy Spirit to guide you in your day-to-day -day activities at each and every moment of your life. Tateole. I wanted, I wanted you to answer this, this question, but I'm going to throw you a, a tougher one. You have, I want you to imagine you have a friend or a work colleague who is a humanist, okay? They want to participate in the change in their lives, clearly telling them to pray and telling them to have faith isn't going to be very helpful because it, it feels like a cop out of life to leave it to some supernatural power that you can't see. How, how, how can we make this practical for them, uh, for them to place their faith in the message of the cross and the man on the cross? 
that's that's a difficult one for real. <laughs> so so for me, what I would advise anybody and, and what I I see that works in my life to make things practical for me is just like I said earlier, to make my relationship with God an individual one. So in terms of nothing is off limits to God, no matter how small it might seem. And also taking things day by day, step by step, baby steps, really. So it doesn't have to be the conventional way in which we view life and in which we view faith. Because most of the times we think the cross is far-fetched and faith is far-fetched because we measure faith the same way that other people measure it. But because other people have different circumstances from us, obviously it won't work because their individual work with God is not our individual work with God. Because most of us want an experience of Paul, you know, uh, formerly so on the road to Damascus. Uh, we wanted the lights and we wanted an instant 360 where we hear God's voice and there's this big thing that happens, but that's not the case for a lot of us. Because a lot of us, God reveals himself to us in really, really small ways. And the first thing for us to do would be to dedicate even the simplest things to God in a practical manner. It doesn't even have to be anything ritualistic or anything big like that. So I would I like to use, so I, I, I was listening to something and someone gave an analogy of like a bathtub experience. So, and that's how my life has been also. And I think for a lot of people, it's like that. You know, when you're filling up a bathtub and you want it to get full, you you put your, your stopper there and you open the tap. It's, it seems like it won't get full. It takes so long for the water to fill up and you won't even notice the water levels going up. And you might even get bored of watching it fill up and leave the place and, and forget about it. But then the moment you forget about it, you hear like the water overflowing, it's suddenly spilling. And then you realize, oh, it's actually full now. But previously you, you hadn't even been seeing any changes. I think that's how our Christian work or personally, that's how my Christian work has been. Sometimes, I mean, I, I don't see any changes. I don't see any growth. But then I, I commit my life anyway, my small, small, concerns to God. I pray about my small concerns, even when I don't think, even as I pray, sometimes I don't even think that I have the faith that God requires of me, but I pray still, or I act on something knowing and hoping and trusting that God will work on it. Or I believe in something, hoping that my belief is enough, not knowing if it's as big as a mustard seed or not. And as I watch and see if my, my, my spiritual life is growing or if I'm understanding my walk with God, when I'm watching, it seems like nothing is happening. But as life goes on, and sometimes I even forget about it and move along in my Christian journey. And then I reflect back and say, oh, Christ actually worked on that thing that I was worried about. Christ actually worked on, worked on that weakness that I used to have. I don't do this anymore. When did this happen? And sometimes I don't even realize that Christ has been working on me until like after a long time and, and I look back and say, oh, okay. So that prayer that I prayed and thinking that my faith wasn't enough, I mean, his grace was sufficient after all. He, he elevated me and, you know, he still heard me. So I think for someone like that, or even just for me, I would advise them to like, just take it step by step and make it as individual as possible with God, whatever, no matter how silly it seems, no matter how silly the prayer just like a friendship relationship 
or just like like brother sister relationship i think that's how a relationship with god should be even asking him to help us understand so sometimes we try to understand things like the cross in our own power but even just admitting that we don't understand god help me understand what this means to me is also a prayer and he would definitely come through for you thank you thank you very much we're coming to a close or to a wrap up of today's episode and this episode on the cross what i would add on to what all of you have said so far on this this idea particularly the last question is that there are things that are necessary to have in place before you can consider placing your faith in the message of the cross even the man on the cross and first of all it's it's a it's a humble heart you come to this idea with a humble heart and sit down without any pride without any judgment and just sit down and 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 first of all be willing to listen second thing is to first believe that god is because if you don't believe that god is then you won't even start considering the cross it would be the wrong place to start considering everything but first believe that god is just that he is that he created not from and, and do it not from a place of pain and hurt and i know that there's a lot in abundance around us that could be like okay if god exists why is this there why is that there before you even get to asking all those questions let's just start from that god is when you skip when you get to, i mean when you pass through that we can now in my opinion begin to consider some of these me- weightier issues of the message of the cross and the man on the cross and why he was on the cross and and these things can then begin to transform one's life i have experienced it myself and i've shared part of my story and i'm looking forward to just seeing what people will be coming up what questions people will be coming up with as we are having this conversation together and see what else we can pick up from the conversation that people will be having uh, that we can come and talk about again uh, another time in a conversation like this but it's been wonderful talking to you ladies thank you very very much for your resourcefulness for your sharing your personal stories thank you Katiole thank you Inonge thank you Mianda for just coming on and sharing with all of us what your experience has been surrounding the idea of the cross i also want to say thank you to mazuba who's not here uh he's in love and bruce as well thank you very very much for your contributions on this idea of the cross i'm hoping that everyone just enjoys this conversation and throws around comments that we can pick up on and and continue this conversation in later recordings of our podcast otherwise enjoy the rest of this week and have fun i pray that you will at some point get some word from god that will take you down the road of understanding what the cross truly is i'd like to ask meanda to pray for us as we are closing let us pray our father who art in heaven we thank you for making it possible for us to have this conversation and to talk about you and to tell people about our experiences with you dear lord we ask that this message may reach the hearts and the ears that you wanted to and we pray that you may keep us safe to the next recording for in the name of jesus christ we ask for thanksgiving in our hearts amen amen and see you all next week same time same location 
have fun and throw us those comments i'd love to hear what you think what other things you think we can talk about as we continue having these conversations take care god bless